0: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast, the show dedicated to bring you the news from the oil patch deep in the heart of Texas, with your hosts, Ryan Ray and Josh Shelton.
1: Welcome to the Texas Oil & Gas Podcast. We appreciate you tuning in to episode 35. Ryan, we got a few pieces of news to, to go over today, man. How's your week going so far?
0: Yeah, great week. Was at the uh, America First Energy Conference yesterday. As you know, Josh, had a great time down there meeting with those folks. And uh, we'll have those interviews out hopefully next week if you want to figure out where they're going to be. I'm not exactly sure on what show we're going to tag them with, but either this show or Energy Week that I do with David Blackman or um, maybe to somewhere else on the website, but you can go to globalenergymedia.com, obviously, to figure out that or follow me on Twitter at Ryan Ray Sr. But, Josh, hey, before we get into the show, let's thank our sponsor, which is, again, FreshBooks, which is the number one cloud accounting solution designed exclusively for small business owners who bill for their time. If you go to globalenergymedia.com slash accounting, you can join the over 10 million businesses worldwide who use FreshBooks to make paperwork a breeze. Start your 30-day free trial by going to globalenergymedia.com/accounting.
1: Awesome, Ron. Well, uh, I, I, at the conference, I know you talked to tons of people out there. Is there any any uh, any takeaways, any nuggets you got for us? We have any guests maybe coming on in the next few weeks?
0: Uh, no, I, I didn't. I didn't book anybody just quite yet, Josh. But you know, everyone was really excited about what's coming up in 2018. There's a lot of excitement in the marketplace. Um, obviously, the conference was around. President Trump's energy policy and energy dominance, and so they were all kind of fired up about that. Um, I didn't get to sit into a lot of the lectures just because I was doing interviews most of the day. But if you go to the website, um, I'll link to those uh, the, the speaker that I talked to and his presentation or her presentation below so you can listen to you know my interview with him and also watch their presentation. And then any of the presentations where I didn't interview a, uh, one, of the, one of the panelists or speakers or whatever, I'll also create a separate post on the website. But, uh, no, everyone was excited, Josh, and... Um, you know, there's some interesting stuff. If you kind of go and listen to them, there's some things that, you know, that, I, that, I, that I thought they were going to say that they kind of uh, disagree with me on, which is, which is fun. We'd love, love the discussion, and, um, but it was good. And I will leave it with this. If you're interested in climate science, global warming, all of that stuff, they did some panels on that that were quite exciting. I did one interview um, uh, talking about modeling and this guy's you know a whiz on you know probably has 16 degrees or something but you know talking about modeling and just trying to remind people that when you look at these models there's a couple of things that he points out and that that I pointed out one he points out is that a lot of these models um, they'll go like 300 years into the future. And his point is that that's not helpful for anyone because no one can predict 300 years in the future. And so if you say, well, from today to 300 years, the, the, the Earth may warm or cool or, or whatever, um, you know, uh, two, four degrees up or two, four degrees down, whatever, it doesn't matter. He goes, that's, that's kind of irrelevant because no one can predict, you know, that far in the future. And then kind of kind of my point to that was is not only can we not predict that far, we don't know what the temperature was a thousand years ago, and so when people talk about the temperature a thousand years ago, and they try to say, "Well, a thousand years ago, the temperature in Houston, Texas, was this," well, they don't really know, and so we kind of have a discussion about, um, you know, some of the techniques that they try to do to go and do that stuff. But but at the end of the day, we we really don't know. And so if you look at these huge models, and, I, and I'm a hunter, Josh, and so uh, you know, kind of like my dad taught me, if the target's close and you miss a little, your scopes off just a little bit, you'll still hit the target. But the further the target gets out there, uh, the more that that error compounds. If you think about these huge climate models uh, that have thousands of variables and they're trying to figure out how to weight all this data, um, if some of that stuff's off just a little bit, the results are completely wrong. He talks about um, some of the studies that they did and some of the the, the drastic differences that they had. In uh, the results, just by you know changing some variables here and there. So I thought that was quite fascinating. Of course, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. So
1: yeah, I look forward. To, I look forward to to checking in and listening in on that. I, I know you did an interview with uh, uh author of um, the case, a moral case for fossil fuels, mm-hmm. and that was that was a fascinating uh, interview that you had with him. So um, it's interesting stuff.
0: No, no, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. And uh, again. We will uh, let you know where those are at. Just you know, follow me on Twitter. Just check the website next week.
1: All right. Well, jumping in, uh, Ryan, we got uh, Texas oil companies at 30,000 workers in 12 months. This is from Oil and Gas 360. And um, and what what they're doing is going in and looking at the, the way the, the market is starting to improve. Companies are optimistic about uh, the start of next year. Jobs are being added. Uh, drilling has been increasing. I know that there was a, a bit of a a bit of a lull um, mid-year going into the third quarter, uh, but all, all in all, it shows that we're up 16% from September of last year. Um, so things are, you know, I believe back in 2014, it shows that we were at 295,000 jobs. Today, we're at 222. Uh, at the beginning of, or at the middle of 2015, we we're around 160. So we're going in the right direction. We're, we're headed back to, uh, to, I think, where everyone wants to be.
0: Yeah, you know, Josh, we talked um, a few weeks ago about, you know, some of these indicators. If you look at, like, Caterpillar, and I think me and David Black, we talked about Ford truck sales. And there's a lot of other indicators that you can look at that that are coming directly from oil and gas being up. And this is one of them, obviously. Jobs is what we talk about on the show all the time because it's important. People like me and you and everyone else that listens to the show, we all need a job. Um, And... And so, looking at these numbers, they are exciting. They're good to hear. And I think the thing that that you know, if you go back to earlier this year and you listen to some of these episodes, I was re- I was really nervous about what was going to happen with the price. And we have done it so far, in my opinion, at least, the right way. It, it, it you know, we, the, the market was very cautious. It was very slow. Um, as we're going towards the end of the year, the price is going up, the rig counts are going down. It's a very nice, slow, gradual gain. The market is very stable. If we can keep this stability that we have right now uh, through 2018, I think that would just be fantastic. And looking at these job numbers, they're very encouraging. And the, the 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 biggest takeaway for me is if the if the market is stable and it's like it is now, a nice gradual, uh, a nice. Uh, gradual growth up that, that you know kind of look you go from 45 to 46 to 47 over the course of months these jobs will be around a lot longer you could create a lot of job by shooting up to 80 but guess what those jobs will go away because we'll drill it right back down so I, I've, I've been encouraged you know as you know and the listeners know hey i was very bearish and i told david blackman the day all the signs there to be bullish right now and so i've got to be a bull but um, i think we're going about it the best way we can which is nice slow steady growth and that's encouraging
1: yeah, I'm, I'm excited looking at the numbers, uh, looking at uh, the, the projections. Um, like you said, everything seems to be pretty stable. And in the same vein, Ryan, we have another article from the Houston Chronicle that says that Houston could add 70,000 jobs next year. Uh, these numbers, 70,000 jobs, are really contingent on the oil and gas market. Uh, what they're sh- what they're showing is is that if the market rebounds early in the year, we're looking at adding seventy thousand. If it if it rebounds, you know, mid year uh, is is supposed to be uh, you know around that fifty thousand mark. And uh, if it's later in the year, it could be just twenty thousand jobs that they add. So the oil market is the really the main thing that's driving these seventy thousand jobs in Houston. But uh, that's what they're projecting. They're showing that the year's going to start off great, and and they're going to add you know a sizable amount of jobs in Houston next year.
0: Yeah, and I would be curious to see how they come up with that math, you know, if it's, you know, if the jobs are, there's more jobs in the first half of the year, first quarter of the year than the last quarter of the year. The last quarter kind of makes sense is because of where the budgets might be. Um, but it's really, as we know, it's, all, it's based upon price. The price is up and things are going up. The People will just continue to hire. Um, I think the biggest takeaway for me, though, Josh, was, you know, Houston, according to this article at least, lost 77,000 jobs in the, the recent downturn. Um, and so, if you're talking about getting seventy thousand jobs back, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't catch it, but that would either be, I don't know, if about seventy thousand compared to the downturn, or seventy thousand uh, just next year. So either you've, either you've made back all the jobs, or you've, you've already made back some of those jobs. You're gonna make back plus. So you're, either way, no matter how it's, how it's written, you're, you're right back to where you were to pre downturn losses, and that's, that's really the exciting thing because if you know, if you live in Houston, you've seen this. Um, you know what's gonna happen is. Uh, during a downturn is, you know, the housing market's affected. I was, I was riding Uber in um, Houston the other day, and he talks about, you know, Uber, you know, goes up and down with oil and gas. So everything, restaurants, all that stuff is impacted by oil and gas. On top of that right now, uh, Josh, we both have some real estate experience, which what we know is that when areas get devastated by um, flooding, you know, what you see is if you don't have good-paying jobs, a lot of houses will come on the market just because people didn't have insurance, they can't cover it. And so you'll see a lot of houses come on the market, you um, you know, as short sales or foreclosures or whatever the case may be. And so you're going to see that on some level in Houston. So having a good, strong job economy will help that process. Whereas if you had a, you know, if that, if that hurricane hit, you know, a year and a half ago where no one had jobs, that would just make that problem a lot worse. Well, now we're getting to a point where people have got have good paying jobs. And so some of the housing, um, I don't know what the right word is here, but some of the housing um, problems that they're going to face due to the hurricane won't be as bad because of these jobs that will be in the area.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned uh, some of that uh, from the hurricane. Uh, What they're showing is that they're projected a $2.6 billion surge in retail sales as a result of that hurricane. So people are going to be coming in, getting rid of mold, construction work, remodeling houses, furniture. I mean, you name it, Uh, these houses are going to have to be renovated, and that's going to bring a lot of work for a lot of businesses there, along with oil and gas uh, economy that that's going to also boost it. So,
0: and, and and that's exactly what I'm saying, Josh. So, be, but then that's a great point because my, that couples what I'm saying. If these oil and gas jobs aren't there, you can't pay to get your house remodeled. That's right. It's, and so, it, so if this hurricane hit a year and a half ago. When people we've lost 70,000 jobs in Houston, those people couldn't afford those things. and so because there are jobs now the, um, that, that we'll see less people have to lose their home or whatever or can't afford to remodel it because of the hurricane because they have jobs. So it, 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 you know the hurricane wasn't good we don't want that but that you know as far as timing goes, it did hit better timing than it, you know, than it could have you know a year or two years ago, and it could you know the damage at least from the, the long-term impact would have been worse. so um, good to hear jobs are coming back because it helps everyone in, in Houston.
1: Yeah, and just to just to note one thing. Uh, for, for those who like to know uh, some numbers, uh, I didn't know this till I read the article. But it says that thirty nine thousand homes were severely damaged in the flood, and three hundred thousand vehicles were were totaled. So that uh, that's where the eighty seven billion in losses is uh, is primarily coming from uh, with uh, with the hurricane. And and on this, uh, Ryan, I have something that I was going to mention a little later. But while we're on the subject, uh, just a just to note in passing. The uh, there's an article that came out that says that all of the vessels that were sunken, the ships that were sunken by Harvey, they've all been cleared up. So the Texas coast, uh, Corpus Christi area, they went in and uh, I think there was like 600 that they needed to get out um, that were submerged that they had to go and get cleaned up. Um, so uh, that that's been done. So it's good news that they've been on top of that. That was pretty quick. Uh, and moving on, Ryan, we have another. Another article. great, uh, Some great information here from Kalanesh Energy. This is Apache investing heavily in the Permian. We we've, we've noted this article once before, or not this particular article, but we noted that Apache was making some plays in the Permian, uh, I believe, around episode four or five, Ryan. Uh, looking through this article, it looks like they're really making some strong plays here.
0: Yeah, we talked about Apache a couple times on the show. You're right, Josh, and they are what I call you know one of these blue chip companies. They do things the right way. They do it a good way, and hey, they reported a net income, a net income of sixty three million dollars for the third quarter. You know, we've been talking on the show now for a month or two about companies. Hey, let's give back to the investors. Let's watch how we expand our drilling program. Here's a net income of sixty three million dollars, and that's you know, and that's also. Um, it's going to create you know stability in the company because the company's going okay, um, as we go towards the end of the year, the employees are excited and outside the company investors are going to look at this and go, you know what this company they've they've been historically a good company, and they're you know they're they're showing that by this third quarter results um here 's the other thing josh that compares with a six hundred and seven million uh dollar loss one year ago, so now it doesn't make up, you know, 63 sixty three and six hundred six hundred seven aren't the same, but it's a completely different story year to year. We're a completely different story. Apache is on the upswing, and um, talking to some folks with Apache earlier this year, I know they were very excited about their Permian assets.
1: Yeah, I, I saw that, and and looking at uh, looking at some of these numbers too, the, what they're showing in the growth, um, it looks like their next year is going to be going to be even better. Uh, it looks like they're going to they're projected to have a pretty good year next year.
0: Yeah, it says that, uh, that their Permian Basin in West Texas increased by 11% over quarter two production of 2017. And if you look at these numbers, they're all positive signs. Um, they're, they went from... Um Let's see here. I think it's 17 to 36 rigs. You know, everything about this article is you know on the up and up. I know we have some folks that listen from Apache, and so I know you guys have got to be happy with what you're seeing internally, um, and then what we're getting to read on uh, the tea leaves, if you will. Everything looks great, and Apache is one of these companies that they do things, you know, the right way. They're very smart in how they do it. They're very well ran, and so it's no, it's no surprise to see this. Um, and I'll be curious to see as we go into next year, you know, what, how does their position unfold? Because if you look at, look at some of these numbers, you know, these are very positive numbers and they're not even counting some of their international assets. So very good, very exciting stuff coming out of the Permian, making money, uh, in the third quarter of 2017 for Apache.
1: Yep. And I would like to make a note, uh, note Ryan, before we move on to the next article, uh, something that I would like to follow, is they're they're very tied to the Permian. It shows that they spent a hundred uh, eight hundred and forty three million on capital, and that two thirds of that was in the Permian. So um, they're they're making their they're making their plays there, and so uh, it'd be interesting to see how that plays out uh, next year and and beyond. And then move into the next article. Freedom announces a thirty day average production. Um, this this article was it was pretty intriguing. Uh, looking through. Um, some of the some of the things that that they have here Ryan. what was a few of the takeaways that you got from uh well jo-
0: yeah well josh this is hey ryan's crazy take on how to get business here it is right here it's a simple press release but it's very a lot of good detail um so freedom goes and, and drills the b1 and the bill to uh, the b2 and uh, they're excited about the production they have and guess what? They're gonna expand. And it says in the article or the press release, Josh, for everyone call it, that I think there's like three hundred and something wells, three hundred and twenty-five uh drilling locations that they're looking to do. And and so you look at that and you go, okay, here we go. This is the company that you can get in very early on. They've done a couple wells, they're excited, they built a little pipe, um, and guess what? Here we go. So if you are out in the Eagle Ford and you're looking to do business out there, I would be on the horn trying to get in front of freedom just as soon as humanly possible, uh, because there's going to be, you know, some, you know, it's probably gonna be a ton of work, but it is gonna be some work to do, Josh. And guess what? You know, I'm in the business of doing work. So, you know, (laughs) I think that this was one of those, it kind of slips under the radar. You you got Apache who's a blue chipper. Everybody wants to talk about Apache, but here's freedom. You know what? 10 freedoms can be one Apache for your business.
1: That's right. That's right. Yep. I thought, um, I thought it was, I mean, a great opportunity and it's right there in in the Eagleford. So, uh um, uh, i' I'm, I'm exciting news all right one more piece uh, of of news from the oil and gas investor Diamondback buys a hundred million dollars in permian acreage uh this was this was something that was a lot of information in this article uh, it was a few pages uh, but Diamondback did make a play in the permian They got uh, about a thousand net acres uh right now and uh looks like they're 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 getting geared up for a big year next year right
0: Yeah, we've talked about Diamondback again on the show a few times here. Um, I think for me, Josh, what was interesting is Diamondback is trying to be aggressive. And they are going after acres, uh, acreage, and you know they're trying to buy it up as much as they can. They're not able to get uh, the acreage that they're wanting to get, so they're trying to, they're kind of taking what they can get, which is an interesting strategy because we talked on the show about these bigger companies and what they're doing is they're trying to consolidate their acreage. We've seen swaps, mm. Some companies are swapping from A to B, you know, just to get their their acreage and their units a little bit tighter. Here it looks like Diamondback is saying, you know what, we just need acreage to go drill holes. If you look at the map. They have some, you know, obviously they have acreage, you know, that's close together, but they also have some acreage that's really far, uh, far spread apart, and so it's gonna be interesting to see how this strategy works compared to some of these other strategies. Um, we're always intrigued to you know, Josh, when you look at these, um, these these folks, they're they're smart, they're sitting down, they're trying to figure out, you know, how how their company can make money, um, and so this is their strategy, and so they're they're aggressive, which obviously. Um, Gives us a lot of news to talk about, but it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out because it looks like they're not getting the type of acreage they're wanting, so they're trying to settle for I don't want to say the leftovers, but they're 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 having to you know reinvent their strategy, if you will, go after the acreage they can buy and so will that pay off in the long term that's the story that i think to follow but but in real quick i did look at them the last time we talked about them on the show and they look pretty solid so i'm not saying that i'm doubtful of them they look like a very solid company it's just a different strategy that we're seeing from these guys who are very aggressive compared to some companies who are like you know what let's be let's play a little bit more safe let's trade around our acreage let's try to consolidate um, so I, I like following these these differences because in the heat of the moment You know, me and you, we'll look at something and we'll go, oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, obviously, we don't have all the data that they do, um, so we can, you know, uh, give our opinion. But at the end of the day, you know, they have all the data to make these decisions, and so it's fun to kind of watch. And then when it's over, you can go, okay, now I see why they did that. You know, six months or a year down the road.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see this because I mean, Diamondback is, I mean, they're finding land and buying it. That's their strategy. Uh, They're they're just going out and getting getting looks looks like. Uh, from from my my perspective, at least, they're just going out and trying to get any any land, especially in the Permian, that they can. And uh, you know, hope hope it works out. Hope that they have a have a great year next year and can turn a uh, you know a good good profit.
0: Yeah, and and we're quick on that, Josh, for the, for the listeners, because you might not go read the article. I did find it interesting that they that they were willing to pay you know six hundred seventy five million for some assets, and they didn't get that, and so they went back with a seven hundred twenty five million dollar bid for some assets. And so you're you know you're sitting there going okay it's a fifty million dollar increase on the assets, um, and this, the, the only reason they were able, able to figure this out was because the other company was filing bankruptcy, and so it kind of it's kind of that that same old thing we'll see is company A can't make money in the acreage, but company B will go in and buy it. Now they're willing to pay another fifty million dollars. Now fifty million dollars on seven hundred millions not a lot of money, um, but it was interesting to see that they are trying to be aggressive. They're trying to pick up stuff that's in bankruptcy even, um, but in this particular one at least at the time of. Uh, when this article was recorded, they weren't able to do that. So they are they are out there. They're trying to be opportunistic, and um, you know it's gonna it's gonna lead to some interesting stories down the road of you know huge success or you know maybe not maybe not so good success.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's something that we'll uh, definitely keep 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 on the tabs. I, I would like to see how they how they're faring. You know, maybe at the end of the first quarter next year. Uh, so I need to make a reminder to uh, to look them up. We had uh, one last thing, Ron. Uh, for all of our investors who who listen in, uh, first of all, we appreciate it, and second, uh, we have some news here. Um, Permian Basin Barnett Shale, uh, they have a bid uh, that they're taking for some land there. I believe the bid closes on November the sixteenth. Is that right, Ron? Right,
0: yeah, uh, next Thursday, Josh. That is right. Ne- so sorry for the Thursday. late delay, but it, it, we just found out about it uh, just earlier earlier this week. So
1: okay yeah yeah so um yeah so if if uh, anyone's interested be sure to check that out i know the show is released on monday so uh if you're hearing this you probably have uh, a couple of days to go check it out
0: yep a couple days to go check it out and um, again sorry about that we just by the time this article came out on monday our show is released on uh, monday so it's just kind of a week week lag there but um yeah
1: yeah. Oh, uh, Ryan, I I forgot to mention. Uh, drilling Info had some uh, some issues today. We usually do a a rig count. Uh, for some reason, their 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 website is uh, is not pulling up the drilling info. So uh, we're reaching out to them. We're gonna find out what's going on, and we'll get that back in the show uh, next week.
0: Yeah, and you know, Josh, uh, I did. I sent him a a message on Twitter to let them know. And uh, you know, just between me, and you, and our listeners, to my knowledge, the Texas Oil and Gas Podcast is the only show that uses their rig count. And so I kind of feel like they owe it to us and our listeners to have that thing up 24 seven. Right. left Baker Hughes for, for, uh, for drilling info. So, so we need you guys to
1: come through for us. So. Absolutely. Well, uh, well, Brian, we got, um, I believe we got a couple of guests coming on next week. I am working on that. We have, I think a special guest that may be coming on. I don't know if it's this Friday or the the following, but I'll wait to, uh, let that be a surprise when we uh, when we get that.
0: Yeah, and uh, a couple other things, Josh. Real quick before we wrap it up here. Hey, we haven't had a rating or review in iTunes in a while, so if we could uh, five stars or better is all that Josh Shelton will allow. So five star or better review <laughs> in iTunes would really appreciate it. We know that we picked up some new listeners, and so we really appreciate that. And uh, as always, we'd love to hear listener feedback, and so. Um, I haven't told you this, Josh, but I, I'm considering, and we can talk about it right now. Let's listeners decide. We'd love to maybe do a once-a-month show that has a Q&A section, and um, and so if you guys are interested in that, Ryan at GlobalEnergyMedia.com, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email. Hey, this is what we want to do, and um, and also we always love to hear feedback from listeners. So sometimes we get it. I gotta. Um, someone on Twitter that uh, I correspond with regularly. Uh, a few folks on Twitter that I know that kind of follow and retweet and kind of engage in the conversation there. But um, anything that you want to hear on the show or stuff that you disagree with even. I know last week me and Josh were talking offline about the about the price gouging thing. And I was telling Josh, I said, you know, well I went back and listened to it, I felt like we tried to be – Uh, as as, well thought out and as balanced as we could be but you know what you might have a different opinion so we always want to hear back from our listeners um, to to see what you know what do you like what do you not like we're always trying to improve the show so let us know Josh is working hard on getting some guests I know we talked about getting on Ryan sitting a while back and I was supposed to do that Josh I dropped the ball we need to get him back on before the end of the year and uh, anyways so no we thank everybody for um for, for listening, no events coming up. I think I am vented out for the rest of the year, Josh. I've, I've kind of traveled. I told my wife, um, that I said, you know, I think this is the last one. I've got to go out to Nevada for some business, um, but I haven't booked that. So no events that I have planned. There are some. I know uh, I'll try to link to those, uh, or Josh can link to those in the show notes. Uh, we can pull those up for you guys. And one final plug for our sponsor, which is, again, fresh FreshBooks. Uh, make sure you go to globalenergymedia.com slash accounting to get your 30-day free trial Uh, and you can start that today and uh, let them know we sent you and until next time keep climbing